I really had some, for me, some fascinating stuff go down um, as I've been studying. And um, I'm still on this journey about light and darkness, man. It's, I'm finding some pretty fascinating things that um, they're just cool. We're going to be in John today, and we're also going to be in Ephesians. Um, but uh, it looks like most everybody's been here, I think, for the first couple of messages on this. Let me know when you get to John chapter 8. That's where we're going to go is John 8. I know they're going to put it on the screen. Man, I feel like I'm forgetting something. But um, anyway, John chapter 8. Everybody there? All right. <laughs> um, you know, there's this... Uh, I mentioned this last week, the, uh, the old idea. Oh, and the title of this message uh, is Freedom, Darkness, and Light. Um, I, I mentioned last week about the old uh, thought of Jesus and Satan being in a fight, right? You, 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 know, you remember me talking about that? Like there's this, I don't know, a meme or a gif, whatever it is on Facebook uh, where it's it looks like devil and Jesus are, are uh, arm wrestling, and it said there's a battle for you and all this kind of stuff, and which is actually not scripturally accurate. There is no fight anymore. Uh, Satan lost. Jesus died on the cross for you and I and all of the above, and uh, he went down to hell. He kicked Satan in the teeth, took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and came back up, up, came back up and said, here you go. It's for you. And so now you and I have all authority and power over all the power of the enemy. Um, there is no fight, right? Um, there, the other side of that is that God is this amazing word that we have that is, uh, he's omniscient, which means he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all places. He knows all things. But interestingly enough, his light is not. That's weird, Right? God is everywhere, but the light of God is not. Uh, and that's where darkness came in. We, we talked about that. Actually, if you want to catch that, you can actually go back on the YouTube and watch. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that cool? It's so cool. Um, and uh, there's a, I break down all the different the definitions of when Jesus was actually speaking, when he talked about uh, the, the, the light of the world and, and all that. Uh, and it's just amazing. And so we're going to kind of cap all that off this morning uh, with one more aspect uh, and how that ties in uh, with freedom. Uh, I love being free. Amen. Uh, you know, we come out of a what's called a church culture and uh, we were so bound by religion. And, and that is honestly uh, in our hearts um, one of the other major things that we want to attack as a ministry is we want to see families walk in their calling and their gifting. We want to see businesses be businesses that are kingdom-minded. And we want to see churches that are kingdom-minded, not earthly-minded. Right? That's what we want. Um, and a great example is Nicodemus going to speak to Jesus. He had to go at night because he didn't want anybody to see him, right? And he has this conversation, and that's a great example of church versus kingdom. And so... The beautiful thing is, is that in all of this is where freedom comes from. And um, Jesus makes this uh, amazing statement. Is everybody there in John 8? Um, so we looked last week at verse 12. Well, we're going we're gonna to head down a little further 
Um, and we're going to pick the story up, or the conversation rather, uh, in John chapter 8, verse 31. Very, very familiar passage that you've, you probably know it by heart. Uh, there's a couple of verses in here. But he says, uh, it says, Jesus came to those Jews who believed in him. So there was a conversation that went on. The woman was caught in adultery as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. They brought her in and said, hey, caught in the very act, throw the stones. He says, well, let, let whoever has no sin, you know, throw the first stone. They all leave. She's there. You know, I don't convict, condemn you. So go and sin no more. And then he goes right back to teaching. And that's when he got into the conversation about I'm the light of the world and those who follow me will not walk in darkness. And then he gets into it again now with these other uh, Pharisees, these, these other Jewish leaders. And so it comes down to verse 31. Please go back and read this whole chapter later uh, to get some good context. He says in verse 31, uh, it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who did believe in him, If you abide in my word... You are my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Everybody say free. free. So verse 33 says, they answered him. Now this is the, the leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They said to him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say that you will be made free. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you that whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son does. That's a very, very important passage. He says in verse 36, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Very, very important passage. So when it comes to a kingdom theology, and which is actually what Jesus preached, and he just says it right here. Um, we believe in what's called a righteousness consciousness, right? I made a joke a while ago about how we always thought that God was ready to punish us. Anybody been there? Like, right? Oh, I had a bad thought. I'm in the sin. Remember that one? Or how about he's going to erase my name out of the book? right? Um, we could go on and on. You get angry and you go to bed angry, even though it was his fault. You still go to bed angry and you wake up in the morning. Oh my God, I gave place to the devil. That's one more sin against me. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I, man, all of that, I know the heart of it is well-intended but it's just not scripturally accurate. We are actually new creatures in Christ. And before you and I ever accepted that fact and ever said, Jesus is my savior, before that ever happened, he went to the cross. And at the cross, he defeated sin. He took care of sin once and for all, correct? Is that right? Yeah? Y'all with me? And so... That's the kind of the conversation that he's getting into here is he says, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And then he goes on in verse 36 and he says, and if the son, or verse 35, I'm sorry, he says, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Um, oh, I didn't get my, my passion out. So um, are you a son or a daughter of the king? Are you sure about that? 
You're positive, right? Okay. You're not a slave anymore? You sure? So that means according to what Jesus said, you abide in the house forever. Right? Not for me, but I think when Jesus says that, I think that's a mic drop moment. Boop, drop the mic, right? In the Passion, um, in 31, uh, 32, for you... For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom in your lives. In verse 35, um, oh, where'd he go? And slaves have no permanent standing in a family like a son does. For a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free from sin, then you become a true son and be unquestionably free. Man, that's good words right there, right? That's powerful stuff. So, <laughs> you know me, I love definitions, right? So I, I did some digging, and I actually went back to some of my old notes on freedom when I taught about freedom a couple of years, a few years ago. So to believe in something is a verb. It's an action word. It means something has to, some action has to take place. So check this out about belief. The the definition of belief is to have confidence or assurance in the truth, the existence, or the reliability of something even without absolute proof that it's right. There are millions of people right now <laughs> who are convinced and have assurance in the reliability and the existence of what the media says about our presidential election. <laughs> the media doesn't call the election. There's a whole process, right? But right now, it's all over the place, and it's an ugly thing. No matter what side you're on, it's complete ugliness, and Satan is having a field day with it, right? Uh, there's pastors that are standing up and saying one, one end of it, and then we got Chris Valentin saying another end of it, and everybody's like, and then you have the media doing one thing, and I mean, it's, it's so crazy, right? Are you and I going to be okay no matter what? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Do we want a man leading the country who believes in abortion all the way up to birth? I'm sure that none of you want that, right? I don't want to pay 62% in taxes of the company and on and on. And I could go on and on and on. But no matter what happens, Jesus is still on the throne and you and I are still sons and daughters. And it will work for us. Somehow, some way, it will work, right? But my point is, is that millions of people right now, they're putting their, their faith and their trust. They're like, oh, it's, they believe that the election is done and said when it's not. There's an electoral process that has to take place, and it is what it is, right? Um, most of us have a belief, right? We, we are convinced in the truth, the existence, or the reliability that when you go out and turn your car key on, that your car is going to start. You have a belief in that, right? But here's the difference. Here's the definition of truth. How many of y'all used to believe in Santa Claus? All right. How many still do? I knew it. Truth is that which agrees with final reality. 
Think about that. Truth is that which agrees with final reality. What's final reality? Well, we don't know yet. In the presidential election, we don't know yet. They'll find out. And that's what the truth will be. And then everybody's going to twist it and turn it in the media again. <laughs> and then it's going to be all kind of stuff again. You know, your car, you believe your car is going to start when you go out there. And when you turn the key on, all of your cars are going to start today, guaranteed. That's the reality. When the key turns, you all are going to go, man, he's preaching truth. And so Jesus makes these two statements, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Why? Because reality brings freedom. The reality of being a son, the reality of being a daughter, the reality of being righteousness conscious. Amen? Verse 36, therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Why? Because of truth. So the whole point of these three messages about light and darkness is to get us to this point right here of a deeper understanding of the freedom that you and I actually have, and it is actually ingrained in us. We just have to continually step into it. Because of that whole thing I was talking about earlier, when the Lord was moving earlier about uh, breaking away and, and taking us deeper into our next level of thinking, right? Because nobody in here has it all under the wraps. We're, there's other levels and layers that God has to reveal in us and take us into. That's why there's a growing relationship with Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with Father, because he's got deeper places to take us because we're not all the way back up in that state of perfection. Amen? Does that make sense? So this is about, I wanted to make this clear understanding this morning about what truth is and what belief is. Belief is in something, like you believe this thing, even though you don't have all the facts, maybe not, maybe you do, but at that point, if final reality has already happened, i.e. you turn in the car key and the car starts, no longer is it a belief, it's a truth. Does that make sense? So the point with you and I today is as we walk, as we step, as we move, as we live and breathe and have our being, we got to understand the truth of who we are. We are not darkness. Let me say that one more time. We are not darkness. Do you mess up? Yes. We mess up. We make mistakes. Are you a sinner? Absolutely not. Well, you might commit a sin. You, you might. I love what Chris Valentin said a few years ago in his, his book on spirit wars. Was it, it's, uh, you have to actually try to sin. Because that's not who you are anymore. That's like, oh, anyway, never mind. Don't go there. <laughs> Sorry. Keep, let me keep it straight. Uh, so this is the point about truth. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Oh, my goodness, man. Are y'all good? Yeah. I know what happened is Raquel messed us all up this morning, getting her talking about the meat extravaganza we had last night. And <laughs> I'm telling you, Jesus works at Avienda Brasil. Right here on research, he works right there when all them meat trays, when they bring that thing out on that spear, right out that door, Jesus touches it. Bless it. Bless it. My goodness, man, it's so amazing. Ephesians 5, is everybody there? Uh, man, it's hard to pick one spot of Ephesians to read, right? Like, it's like, well, I want to back up and get better understanding. Well, now, oh, well, man, it's just so hard. So 
uh, I begrudgingly came in here and picked some verses that were speaking to me that I wanted to focus on. <laughs> but, oh my God, go back and read all six verse chapters today, please. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to pick up in Ephesians 5 and verse 8. We're going to be from 8 to 17. And uh, there's, there's so much more that makes this context. Um, but for the sake of time, um, you know, Paul is talking to the Ephesians who were, they were, they were wild and crazy people, right, uh, doing stuff. They, um, excuse me, um, they believed in a lot of other gods and all that stuff. They get saved, and so he's, he's having to break out of them also the, the philosophy of works and the understanding that, uh, you know, that uh, it was all about being good and that. And so right here in verse 8 is where we're going to pick up. I love it. In the New King James, it says, For you, want, you were once darkness. What is, what is somebody else? Does anybody have a different version that says something different? Verse 8, does anybody say different? Sin's darkness. Full of darkness. Anybody else? Uh, the Passion says, uh, once your life was full of sin's darkness. How many of y'all would agree with that? But you see what it says? You once were. Isn't that good? That's like saying you once were five years old. Is it ever going to happen again? John might act like five, but he's not five. <laughs> right? You once were darkness. For you were once darkness, but now... You are light in the Lord. So now, if, if you didn't get, uh, if you weren't here last week, seriously, in all seriousness, go back and watch the video on YouTube or the website uh, and, and get the breakdown of what light is in the world and all that, because it's really important to understand that um, you're not just somebody. You are actually the phos in the Greek. You are the light of God. It's powerful, crazy stuff, right? So that's what he says. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And you know what's crazy? We are light in the Lord, and he's the light of the, the world. And he's in us, so what does that make you? It makes you a whole bunch of light. And everywhere you go, in the cosmos, not just in north side of Houston or Conroe, Texas. No, you're light in the cosmos, and it sheds off of you. My goodness, man, go back and look. Man, it, 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 that, that word in, in the Greek that we were reading last week, it's, it, light just pours off of you because you are no longer darkness. How beautiful is that? You are no longer the darkness. Amen? It's so beautiful. Um, now, the one thing I wanted to point out again uh, that word darkness, remember, darkness is a noun. It's, a, it's an actual thing. And it's a thing that stands in the way to cast a shadow between the light of God and whatever area, person, thing that it can stand between. Does that make sense? We talked about areas of, of the city. We talked about us in our lives. This, this phone call that I had today, this person 
is there is there is a blinding there is a darkness that is not allowing the light to come in to their thinking about uh, who they are in their identity when it comes to rejection does that make sense and that word is skotia in the Greek uh, and I'm probably not pronouncing it right if there's some Greek scholars watching on YouTube you know too bad um, I'm trying uh, you were once darkness right and so now verse nine. Uh, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Amen? Proving what is acceptable to the Lord. You know the funny thing about fruit is fruit doesn't have to try. Have you ever seen an orange on an orange tree go, I'm going to be an orange, I'll be an orange. Does that happen? Right? I mean, you can look at any of them Sanchez kids and you know that they're a Sanchez. My goodness, man. They all, and if they, if they didn't cut their hair off, they all got the same hair. Like, you know, like they cut Ezra, or uh, not, yeah, Ezra. Ezra had that big old lion mane, man. Beautiful, curly, thick hair. And he comes in one day. They're all Sanchez's, right? Why? Because that's the fruit that comes off those two trees. <laughs> Does that make sense? I've made this joke for years, but it's, it's so serious, man. Growing up farming, we didn't plant corn and got, we got apples. You know, we didn't, even when it came to like species of, of vegetables that have multiple variations, eggplant. How many of y'all like eggplant? Shame on you. Put your hand down, Ani. That's oh, y'all gonna leave because they're plant. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> you know, there's a regular eggplant, the big, dark, dark, almost like purplish eggplant, big round, looks like Mr. Potato Head. Did you know there's a Japanese eggplant, long and skinny, longer than a banana, a little bit bigger around than a banana, yeah. And there's two or three other versions that variations that can grow down here in uh, in Southeast Texas. But you know what? You don't plant regular eggplant seeds and get Japanese eggplant. Why? Because whatever is the core is what the fruit is. Oak trees don't make pecans, just like sons and daughters don't make darkness. Come on, sons and daughters do not bear the fruit of darkness. And so the fruit, you know what other thing about church culture? Oh, man, how many of y'all ever tried to follow the list? Okay, there's nine fruits that I have to, I have to do these to. I have to be gentle. I have to be kind. I have to be, oh, I can't stand that person right there. Oh, my God, I'm a sinner. I'm going to go to hell. <laughs> have you ever been there? Yeah. We were there for 25 years. Come on, Chris, I'm just laughing at me. You know, brother, we did it. We were together. Hey, did you follow the nine today? Man, I missed eight. <laughs> oh, man, you're real bad. <laughs> Remember that in days, Raquel? My goodness. And then we realized that the, the, there's no list with God. There is no list with the Father. How many of you would dare have a list with your son? Oh, you weren't kind today. I'm not going to love on you right now. Go to your room. Matter of fact, don't get out of my house. Matter of fact, don't even call your grandma. Get out. How stupid have we become sometimes, right? It's not really stupidity. I, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't say that. I forgot we we're going on. 
I'm trying to be, as, I always try to be as real as possible. Raquel says I need to be more professional. <laughs> Whatever. It's not really stupidity that causes that. It's blindness. Darkness does its job. And when you and I don't let the light in or pursue the light, darkness does its job. Where light is, darkness must go. It's got to It's got to flee. And you and I in our freedom have to step into those areas where we bring light into our life and we release light everywhere we go. Amen? This verse about the fruit is so powerful. He says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. So fruit is not a list, okay? What that verse, and even in Galatians, when you really look at what Paul actually wrote in the Greek, he doesn't say that you better have gentleness as a, as a that's a, a list or that's a, a checkbox, you know, that you're really walking in the spirit. What he actually says in the Greek is he says that the fruit of having the spirit of God in your life shows the, the fruit of the spirit such as love in all its attributes. Right? Gentleness in every way as it appears, and on and on and on. It's so beautiful because there's not a list, there's just God. Think about that for a minute. There's not actually a list that you have to follow that shows whether you're light or dark, there's just the Father. And you're a son or you're a daughter. Are, are you with me this morning? So then um, this next part, oh my goodness, this is crazy. So um, you know what? Let me read this out of the New American Standard. It's, uh, I, I, I really love the passion. Uh, I, I love the study out of uh, New American Standard, though. Uh, maybe it's just my old school ways. I don't know. Um, uh, so in New American Standard, uh, verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Uh, verse 9, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Did you catch that? The fruit of light, it rests in, it consists in all goodness, righteousness, uh, and truth. But verse 10, so verse 10 says, as you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And there's a period there. In the New King James, um, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, Proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And in the passion, it says, And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you, which are goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. I saw those three variations, and I said, something, there's something there. What does this mean? Something was jumping out to me. And so I started to study. And that word... Um, there's three phrases here in verse 10, and it's talking about what is acceptable to the Lord or proving to the Lord or to learn what is pleasing to him, right? And the phrase is either proving, try to, le try to learn, or you will learn. And so I looked up that phrase in the Greek, and uh, here we go. Are you ready? Hold your ears. Doc im adizo. 
Dokumatizo, that's what it, that word means. Uh, that's what that phrase is. And it, it's all of that phraseology in any of those um, uh, versions that we just read. It means to test or to approve or to distinguish by testing. How many of y'all test the sweet tea at Black Walnut? You know, you, you get it, you go, oh yeah, right? How, how many of y'all like, man, yesterday, oh my lanta, they come by, they have 16 meats. <laughs> and they come by and they say, would you like a piece of the picanha? This is the Brazilian special. Oh, yeah, brother. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Holy Spirit. And they cut you a piece and you get it. And then they bring out bacon-wrapped scallops. I'm not a scallop guy. I'm a full-on bacon freak, though, man. Anything with bacon, let me have a taste. And I tasted it to distinguish what it was, good or bad, right? Yeah. So this phrase... New King James, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. So wait a minute. I got to prove something that is acceptable. I have to see. I got to know that I once was darkness, but now I'm light in the Lord, and I should be bearing fruit of the light, which is goodness, righteousness, and truth. And that proves what is acceptable to the Lord. It sounds weird. I want to challenge you to go back and read it today. Like Read it like six, seven, eight, ten times. Just read these passages and ask the Lord to open up your mind to understand in a deeper way what he's saying here. I'm going to do my best to explain what, what he showed me with it. But man, I, this is one of those moments, John, where I feel like, man, you got you to gotta catch this. This is like, man, come check out the new Corvette, man, with me. Let's go drive it, you know? Come on, right? And this phrase, um, to test to approve or to distinguish by testing. And I stopped right there and I said, what, Lord, we have freedom. I don't have to prove anything. I'm free. I'm your son. I now have a new, I'm a new creation. I'm no longer the old me. And he says, yeah, read the rest of it, boy. Come on. I, I stopped early, right? Because one of the main uh, connotations of this phrase in the New Testament, it means Something that is done to demonstrate what is good, but does not focus on disappointing. So you know what this, what this means when you put this together? It means that I'm no longer darkness. I walk in the light without even trying. And as I step into my calling and my destiny, everywhere I go, the darkness must go, Right? And I'm going to see the fruit of that through goodness, righteousness, and truth where I walk in freedom. And as I do that, I will see what pleases the Lord. That's, that's what one of those is. It's, it's a test to approve, to distinguish. Uh, one of the, one of the, in New King James, he says to, shoot, to show what is acceptable to the Lord. The New American Standard says, as you try to learn what is pleasing. What is this? So here's the picture in my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start to pursue and start to try things. I'm going to start to check things. I'm going to stub my toe sometimes. 
And not once is my father going to disappoint and look at me and say, look what you did, you little jerk. Home, like home alone, right? Our God is not that dumb uncle on that movie. Look what you did, you little jerk. He is a father that says, hey, man, that was good, but let's do this. And there is a process here of you and I. We don't have all the answers in front of us. We have them available to us, but we don't have them in front of us. And we have to try. We have to test. We have to step towards that darkness to bring that light to show what is acceptable and what is good to our Father. Does that make any sense at all to y'all? Yeah? And to me, that brought me all kinds of freedom. It brought me all kinds of freedom because I still battle sometimes um, that whole church thing. Sometimes I, I feel like, you know me, I talk, right? I'm waiting. I thought it was going to come over here, but man, we'll go somewhere and I'll talk to anybody. Say it again. Sometimes Raquel is like, I mean, we'll be in a grocery store. I'll just talk to people, man. I love people. And, and sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm, well, should I say this? Should I not? You ever done that? Right? Should you do this? Should you not do this? Man, we have a couple of ideas that we're, we're talking about and we throw around with the church that we're looking at how do we step out? How do we do this? How do we do that? Um, we're trying to lay the groundwork right now for our prophetic company of, the, of Core Church. We're trying to lay down the groundwork right now um, for our, our prayer partners and, and on and on and on. And we don't have all the answers. But we got to step. We got to try. And dad's not going to say, He's, going to be, he's not going to be disappointed. He's going to show us the good out of the test. You know, my dad, he was here with us celebrating, and, and he, he was never the type to, uh, hey, man, that's a good job. I love the way you did that. <laughs> if that happened, then I would wake up from the dream. <laughs> man, my dad was rough and tough and... And, and he didn't know what he was doing. I was the guinea pig. Um, but I never had that. I always had the acceptance by my works. So I remember being on the farm. Here I am, eight years old. Anybody know what a bushel basket is? Yeah? Bushel boxes, they hold a full bushel, and they, they're, they're little cheap wooden slats. They're not even wood. They're like paper thin. There's this wire that goes all around them, and there's three latches that the wire does. and uh, They're about 12 by 12, more or less, and they're about two feet long. And as an eight-year-old, I could barely carry two of them in one hand, but that was the trick. You know, you, you had to carry them from here to there. Hey, let's get the baskets over. And, man, I pick them up, carry two at a time. And the other guy, all the adults, they always carried two. As I got a little older, my hands got a little stronger. And one day, I picked up four. Four in this hand, four in this hand. And I take off, man, I just, I just go walking. I set them down where I need to go. And I'm on my way back. 
And my papa, he says, hey, right away, what did I do wrong? I put too many baskets in the, in the spot. I, I shouldn't have carried that many. Uh, I probably broke one when I set it down. I probably set it in the wrong spot. I probably set it on the mustard greens. Or, but it wasn't that at all. I turn around, and there's Papa, and he goes, now I'm going I'm to make this very clean because my grandfather was not clean at all. He's standing like this, and he says, hey, did you just carry eight over there for an each hand? Yes, sir. My lips quivering. Hey, he hollers at everybody else in the field. There's all those, like, like 16 of us and my uncle. And did y'all see that? Did you see what my grandson just did? The rest of y'all, a bunch of lazy, bleep, 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 bleep. Y'all can't carry, y'all carry two. His boy's over here, little squirt, carrying eight. Man, he just went off. And he goes, that's my grandson. And the rest of y'all, a bunch of, he just cussed them all out and tell them all this stuff. And secretly in my mind, I'm like, yes. See, that was that reject, rejection thing that I was having to work for approval. Sidestep for a second. My point was, is like I had never had that happen before. I didn't know what to do. I was like, of course, then somebody threw a stinking eggplant at me and hit me in the back. Don't get your head, your head so big or something like that. See, God looks and says, that's my boy. Hey, man, you tripped, you messed up. It's okay. Hey, this was good. Ah, maybe not this. Let's, let's change this. And we've got to come to the place where we walk in the freedom that we are no longer darkness. And there is no fruit of darkness in our life that comes from us. There may be these issues that we have. And they're not maybe. There are legitimate issues that we have in our life that the light of God needs to flood into. And darkness gets in the way. But we have a loving father that wants us to step into those areas so he can reveal the truth, the reality of who you are and who I am so we can fulfill his will in all this earth and be the people and the sons and daughters that we were meant to be. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me this morning? Man, um, oh, I jumped ahead. Real quick, we'll end here. Um, verse 10, proving what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship uh, with the unfruitful work. Um, do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all, the, all things become visible when they are exposed to the light. Did you catch that? All things become exposed uh, when, or, or sorry, become visible when they are exposed to the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. Why? Because where, where light is, darkness must flee. Amen? For this reason, it says, awake sleeper uh, uh, and arise from the dead and Christ will, will shine on you. There's a whole bunch of other scriptures in the Old Testament that this is quoted from, and that's a whole other part of the teaching. Uh, but in verse 15, he says, so be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Uh, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what is the will of the Lord. Um, the New, New American Standard words that exactly the same, but the Passion says, and don't, don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to, sorry, and don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. 
That's one of our biggest mandates here at CORE and what we believe more than anything is that we want to know the will of the Lord. Man, I want to know his will when I am right there um, in Avienda, Brazil or when I'm getting that phone call this morning. You and I, we're the light of the world. And we have complete freedom. We are no longer darkness, amen? I don't know about you, but that just stirs me at my core that to hear my father say, man, you're not bad. You're not. And so this morning, I wanted to encourage you and just share with you what, what, he's, what he's done in me this week, this, this new understanding of that we are not darkness any longer and the fact that our freedom is connected to our light which goes and pushes out darkness and he doesn't disappoint he's not disappointed in our testing in our trials he's not disappointed in you he's looking for you to if you stumble if you fall or you step into that dark room that you're afraid of you know that your light is going to change all that out. And he's going to say, look, son, look, now this is visible now because you stepped in here. So let's change this. Hey, I, I don't like you being this way in your mind. I don't like you hurting like this. Let's change this. Does this make sense? Are you with me? Man, let's all stand. Um, I really, really encourage you to, um, to go back and read these today. Um, because, man, we are, we're on the verge of something amazing here, church. We really are. It's not about how many we, people we have in the place. It's about the caliber of people that we have. And I, I, I am not ashamed at all to say that you people are amazing. Do I think you're, you're better than everybody else? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. I'll put you people up against anybody. You're amazing. Now think about how much more amazing it's going to be as we press in into that freedom and as we walk in the anointing for the ministries that we have lined out for us to do. Think about, you think Angela changes atmospheres now? Watch after a new depth of freedom comes in her life. Shondai, man. When John and Raquel finally actually start talking like they're supposed to and stepping in when they're supposed to, they crack a lot of jokes with each other, but that's the reality, man. Think of what Healing Center of the Arts is going to do as you get more free. Think about what you step into, Zoe, and what that brings for everybody else. Man, Rebecca, you haven't, Rebecca, you haven't even touched the surface yet. And I say that, look, I, I, I had a word for you the other day, and I, I, I gave it to you privately. And there's a, 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 it's not the right word. There's a morphing, I don't know, the metamorphosis that's going to happen with you because you haven't even touched the surface yet of what you bring to people through the Father. And that's coming. Imagine what that does to the rest of us. I mean, man, I could go, I could go on and on. My goodness, man. Father, we just thank you this morning 
You're more than good. We say that over and over. That is not a dead horse that we beat. That is a truth that we live, that you are good. You're more than good. And today we stand in your presence. Lord, it, it, it seems more laid back today, like, like you're just, I feel like you're just doing surgery on my heart and on my thinking today with these words that I'm reading. And, and man, I, I love it, God. I pray that I would be able to understand more fully as I step into the truths that you are bringing into my own life. And for, as, for this community right here, this church, as we step in as core, and we are doing that very thing, we're getting back to the core of who we are, God. We're your sons and your daughters, and we are no longer darkness. No longer, Lord. Those things are gone, and you don't even remember them anymore. So we thank you, Father, for what you have done. But we thank you for the freedom and the light that is coming into our lives from this very moment. I believe that there is a pivotal transition point, church, that is coming. And it's going to be this Friday and this Sunday. Matt and Des are coming and whatever they bring is going to be a transitional point for our church. I told them this the other day. I said, I don't know what you're supposed to do, but I know that, I mean, I had this for a couple of weeks. I, the Lord was just showing me some stuff. And, and I told them, I said, I know that whatever our next step is, it's coming with what you bring to us. I don't know if it's going to be Friday or Sunday or a common, probably a combination of both and maybe a culmination on Sunday. I'm not telling you that to get more people here. I'm simply telling you that our church is about to take a step up, an upgrade, a double anointing, a double portion is about to happen this coming weekend. It's coming. We've been sitting back, and we've been soaking in the goodness. We've been building the foundation, right? And now God decides to bring us all these heavy hitters, and here we are with plans laid out, and now we're going to get the key to unlock the door that we're supposed to walk into. So, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We declare that this week will be, we, we're going to soak uh, heaven down with prayer for, for the, what's going to happen this weekend, Lord. We declare that there will be just amazing uh, interaction with you this weekend as Matt and Des come. In Jesus' name, amen. He's good, amen? Man, awesome. Well, God bless you. Be safe. If you need prayer for anything at all, please just come and join us up front here. Uh, we want to we wanna just spend some time and pray with you all. We love you very much. God bless you. We'll see you Friday night, 7 o'clock.